a break from chaos. That's that's I've never heard this show referred to that way. Men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM. And I am Jared. Jared, how you doing? Man, I'm tired. I am tired. Oh. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Uh, Jared, I've been playing Ring Fit with a friend of mine on the old Switch. Oh, that game was day cool. This week. Nice. Hmm? Nice. It's good. It's it's nice. It has improved my disposition every time we've done it. Nice. Yeah. I need to get. I, I got that when it came out, and I got like halfway through it, and then I, I just I fell off of it. But yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's fun. They make it like they make working out into an RPG, and it's cool. Yeah. yeah. It works out <laughs> great. I wish I was one of those people who was clever enough and savvy enough to like hook up the ring fit to Elden ring and then like play something <laughs> like that play it that way yeah yeah um yeah 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 uh, have you been playing any of the hot new games that have come out in recent times or you playing anything cool not a whole lot um i um my girlfriend and i are fostering a dog right now Oh, and she was pregnant and had her puppies one week ago today. So oh. I've got thirteen little puppies downstairs um, oh. that I've been mostly kind of taking care of. We've been switching off, so haven't played a whole lot. I played a little Liza P, but that's about it. But okay. yeah, my uh, my life's been dogs and dogs and dogs and dogs. <laughs> that's a lot of dogs. Yeah, it's a lot yep. of dogs. That's yeah. That's hmm. Getting the foster dog and then it 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 gives birth while it's visiting that's wow that's a that's dang we, we kind of knew that would happen so she was like a, she was just running around in the street and was yeah. very pregnant and it's like oh. well i can't keep this dog but we'll give it a safe place to kind of give birth and watch over her for the first couple weeks where yeah. everything's like super fragile and then flip it back over to some sort of adoption agency all right. Uh, just take care of them. But yeah, I mean, they're cute as hell, but God, they cry. <laughs> <laughs> so many baby animals. 13 puppies. It just was like, it was like 12 hours of labor. And my girlfriend would just keep coming back. It's like, yeah, we have another one. Yeah, we have another one. <laughs> but but it's been good. It's, it's rewarding for sure. <laughs> wow. That's so much more real than anything I'm doing in my life. That's, that's intense. Um... Well, well, uh, speaking of intense, we've got <laughs> so many hot releases coming out in the next month or so from the good folks at Devolver Digital. Why, the Talos Principle 2 will be coming out in in a month or so. Very, very soon. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and something else is being announced on the day this podcast goes out but i don't want to say it because that always makes me nervous in case things change <laughs> uh and then that hellboy game is coming out soon mm -hmm. and, yeah from good shepherd yeah and i feel like there's another game coming out in the next couple of weeks Oops, and i'm trying <laughs> to remember and it starts with a w mm -hmm. and ends with a gun i know it's Wizard with a Gun, Jared. How could we forget? Jared, <laughs> full disclosure, I didn't forget. What I was doing oh. was pretending to have forgotten as a form of social engagement to make myself entertaining. Did it work? You are a clever bastard. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. <laughs> and to celebrate my cleverness, today we've invited co-founder, president of, of Galvanic Games, and creative director of Wizard with a Gun, Patrick Morgan to the show. Patrick, hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. <laughs> How many puppies have you had? <laughs> None this week. Yeah? 
Fair. <laughs> Do you want some? <laughs> I've got a few to spare. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Thanks, though. <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're very close to Wizard with a Gun becoming publicly available to everyone all the time, everywhere, and the whole thing. Uh, how exciting! Yeah, and terrifying. Uh, we've been working on this game for four and a half years. The first prototype we made for it, we made in 2016, seven years ago. And so it's been a long time coming. Uh, Dang. Wow. I didn't. I don't think I knew about... Yeah, wow. That's that's a minute. It's quite, quite a chunk of my life uh, dedicated towards wizards and guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's worse things you could dedicate seven years of your life to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> puppies. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes puppies. They're no. terrible. Seven years? Nah, that's too long. That's too long to be puppies. Seven days. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. So I guess I guess just first off, maybe can you tell us about... Do we Should we start with you or should we start with Galvanic? I mean, they're they're very closely related. I uh, started Galvanic uh, with on. a couple friends in 2015, and we set out to mm-hmm. build games like Wizard with a Gun, but we um, we took a long route to get there. Mm-hmm. What is that route? <laughs> <laughs> so when we first started, we started with smaller games. Uh, our the first game we we worked on was called the Rust Belt, and it was this top down tow trucking physics destruction game set in the apocalyptic ruins of Ohio. Uh, but th- mm-hmm. we we were working on that in the time everyone called the indie apocalypse, and so getting funding for weird niche indie games was kind of hard. And so instead, we started working on other people's games. Uh, we worked on uh, Rapture Rejects with Cyanide and Happiness and Tiny Build. We worked uh, with a small Texas publisher on a game called Some Distant Memory, which is a very uh, narrative uh, exploration game. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, we were building up the skills we thought we needed to make Wizard with a Gun. So, so all the whole time. A wizard with a gun was the objective. The, this type of game was the long-term goal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it represents kind of everything we, we wanted to build uh, in terms of genre and mechanics. Like, we wanted to build this game that was a mix between exploration and player creativity and just violence, uh, hence the gun <laughs> part. <And> so... <laughs> um, we did a lot of work on things like network multiplayer and uh, content creation, all these tools that we needed in Unity to be able to build a game of the the scope and size of Wizard with a Gun. How did you come to be in a place? So we'll go back. I think we'll go back further in time, and then we'll keep it chronological ish from here on out. But so, how did you come to be in a place where you were starting a game company, where you were starting Galvanic with friends? Yeah. So before Galvanic, I was at a creative agency in downtown Seattle, and we had been making edutainment games and. Uh, dashboard games for the Xbox 360, uh, all sorts mm-hmm. of just client work. Uh, and I'd asked our, our manager, um, or the, the head of the company, if we could make our own game. And he said, yeah, sure. How about we make a Facebook game to take money from old people? And so <laughs> we, um, <laughs> we, made, we were working on this pet bingo game in Flash, and everything about the experience was miserable. And so when there was a bit of like struggle in the company um, and there were some layoffs, I, I grabbed some of the people that were laid off and I said, do we really want to make like pet bingo games for the rest of our lives? Why don't we take a risk on our own ideas? And so mm-hmm. Galvanic was started with four people from that creative agency. Uh, in particular, mm-hmm. uh, Royce McLean, the, the lead artist for Wizard with a Gun was uh, a longtime friend and I had gotten him a job at the creative agency. And I was like, if the two of us make a game together, it's going to be amazing. So let's, let's take a risk. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Christatunity or, you know, taking a tragedy and, you know, finding an opportunity in it. So did you, has your path, personal path into video games always been the path you were going to take is this something you did deliberately studied games and stuff like that uh or how did you get into yeah absolutely my my degree from university is in creative writing but i wanted to focus that effort towards writing for games 
Uh, and then uh, at the end of college, I, I started taking 3D art and animation classes, and I wanted to use those for games as well. And so when I moved to Seattle, I applied to a bunch of uh, game studios, but I just didn't have the portfolio at the time. And yeah. I saw that like, if you're a writer, it's hard to it's hard to find stable work. If you're an artist, it's hard to find stable work. But if you're a programmer, the the world's kind of your oyster. So I spent a couple years taking night classes. I got a job at uh, Google Maps, uh, doing like some tools programming, and I built up. Mm-hmm my my skills as a programmer so that at that point i effectively could do just about anything i needed to make a video game like i could do art i could do writing i could do design and engineering and so i sort of a jack of all of all trades kind of approach uh that i thought would yeah. help me a lot and it did it did although i don't do anything other than design and engineering these days fair fair i mean but those were those tools i mean having those skill set is still valuable right yeah, especially as the creative director on Wizard with a Gun, knowing how each discipline works and how all the all the pieces fit together is extremely valuable. It means I can talk to the artist uh, with as much knowledge as I need, or uh, mm-hmm. as if I was talking to an engineer or designer or sound person. Nice. So, go in, bingo games to take money from old people, leave form galvanic what was the what were the first games that galvanic made uh, like i said the first one was uh the rust belt but that wasn't the first title we shipped oh that's right uh Gergamoth was the first title we shipped and we built it first in a weekend game jam uh and then mm. we finished it out uh over the course of two or three months after the game jam and the idea was <clears throat> i mean galvanic has always had a very iterative approach to everything not just building a game but being a company uh our general philosophy is to just iterate on the, the, the tightest loops we can. And so the idea behind Gergamoth is we build a small game, we get it out there. That shows that we have a track record of being able to deliver high quality stuff in a short period of time and on budget. And so mm-hmm. Gergamoth is a tiny game, uh, has a very small following, but uh, it was hugely important for us in terms of our long-term sustainability. Because after we launched the game, I took a, stack of keys uh, with me to GDC and handed them out to every publisher I saw uh, saw and said, here's our first game. We're trying to build bigger stuff from here, but this shows that we actually know what we're doing. Yeah. And one of the people I gave a key to was uh, Starsky at uh, Congregate Launch. And at the time, he was the number two Towerfall player in the world. And Gergamoth borrows a lot of designs from Towerfall. And so he played the game, he loved it, and he said, let's build a game together. And so we signed with them about a week before I, I shut the company down. Cause I was like, we're out of money. We're out of like, we're, we're doing like contract work. We don't really want to do, uh, if we don't have a deal signed by the end of June, this is June, 2016, uh, there's like no <laughs> point in us continuing this. And on June, what is it? 30th or, um, Congregate sent us the contract for Questmore, which is this small browser-based uh, idle management game. And so that was th- the reason that we survived was that uh, we, we handed out this Gergamoth key to someone at Congregate. They liked it, and they, they signed a deal with us. Oh, man. That's awesome. Damn, good job. <laughs> Thanks. That's amazing. Uh, like a lot of, like in general, running an indie game studio, there's always like near misses if you survive. Like, and that was one of one of a few. So like we've we've gotten by mainly on just luck and meeting the right people at the right time. Luck that luck ran out when you met Nigel Lowry. Yeah. Is that correct? <laughs> exactly. He's like, you guys yeah. should make Wizard with a Gun with us, and I was like, great. And that was the the, the end of everything. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Um, so I'm, 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 I'm also curious about, uh, working with the cyanide and happiness folks. How did that come along? Uh, we were approached by tiny build. Uh, we had pitched both, uh, Rust Belt and Gergamoth to them. And, um, Mm -hmm. we were in the Indies workshop at the time, uh, which is Chris Floyd's Seattle, uh, co-working space for game developers. And Mm -hmm. we, like I said, we had pitched to tiny build. They knew who we were and Chris Floyd, recommended us as a as a collaborator on a multiplayer game 
And we, we knew we wanted to build multiplayer games anyway because we wanted to build Wizard with a Gun. And so it was an open opportunity for us to like really refine those that skill set. Uh, and working with Explosum and the Cyanide and Happiness, uh, who are the Cyanide and Happiness people, was yeah. a lot of fun. They came out to Seattle a bunch of times. Like We, we did a lot of collaboration with them. Uh, they were just an absolute blast to work with. And the, the, game, okay. the game was really fun to work on as well. Uh, I would not recommend to any studio that came and asked me if, if you should make a premium Battle Royale when uh, most Battle Royales are free to play. But... Like from a development point of view, we had an absolute blast working on it. Uh, nice. And cool. it was a huge reason that we got Wizard with a Gun because we played, um, or Nigel had seen um, Rapture Rejects at PAX uh, because we had a massive PAX presence uh, in 2019. Yeah. Uh, or was it 2018? I think it was 2018. Uh, and he really liked the game. And so when we were coming to them and saying, look, we can build these kind of games this is our new idea. Uh, it was a, a strong selling point. Nice. So then several games and then the dream wizard with a gun, getting to work on this and focus on this for a while. Then there was a pandemic and then uh, more than this. Uh, <laughs> what, I guess besides something like the pandemic, like what have been some of the the challenges with with Wizard with a Gun that that you've that you've that you you and your team have faced? Well, I mean, you can't say aside from the pandemic because that was the biggest <laughs> challenge we faced. <laughs> the the first two years of development. I mean, we started at the end of 2019, and then the pandemic really kicked off in March of 2020. Um, the first two years of development were hugely defined and impacted by the pandemic. Um, I think all of us went a little bit stir crazy working uh, from home and we're in Seattle, which had its own kind of miniature apocalypse with uh, the Capitol Hill autonomous zone, uh, Chaz mm -hmm. or chop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the protests, the, the election of 2020, uh, it was insane. Mm -hmm. It was, it felt like we were building a video game at the end of the world. And so there is like I feel I was talking to someone about this today. Where it's like they'd have Photoshop open on one screen and the live stream of the decline of the American Empire uh, on the other screen. And so like, how can you make art in that kind of environment? It just yeah. it feels like you're working on something trivial. Uh, and so once the team was vaccinated, the the game really got on track. Uh, but those yeah. those first two years was a, a huge struggle, and it just felt like nothing was coming together, and all of us were staring into the abyss. Um, so yeah, that's I do remember that. Feeling. Yeah, yeah, yep. there you go. That's yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest challenge of Wizard <laughs> with a Gun right there. The second biggest challenge yeah. was the design of the game. Uh, in the beginning, there were a lot of different ideas of how this game was going to come together. We had a very strong vision of like this is Wizard with a Gun but some of the core pieces were just not fitting together properly. And it was actually about three years into development, uh, towards the end of last year, the beginning of this year, that finally we said, like, this is not working. Let's tweak these uh, these major features of this game in hopes that they will f the pieces will fit together. And at that point, we mm -hmm. thought we were coming out in like March or April of this year. And we're like, this is a huge risk. Uh, but let's do it because if we if we ship where the game's at right now, it is not going to be a success. Like w these these pieces are not fitting together. The game is not fun, uh, and so even though it was a huge risk, it paid off. Like the the pieces that we were trying to get together, like once we sanded the edges off, once we like changed the layout of some of these major mechanics, they fit together much more nicely, and we were we had a game in front of us, not just a sloppy <laughs> toy that um, uh, wore out its welcome too quickly, but like an actual game. Yeah. I mean, that's important. And that's, I mean, bravo for being willing to look at it and be like, okay, we need to, we need to rethink this and we need to make it fit together. That's, that's, that takes guts. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we definitely shaved at least a, a year off of Andrew, our producer at Devolver's <laughs> life, but uh, yeah, it was. He he also agreed that it was worth it after after yeah. the pieces actually started fitting together. Nice, but there was that's wonderful. Yeah, but there was definitely a, a, a hairy moment of like the engines are on fire, the the plane's trying to land, 
And he's like, like, here, put this oxygen mask on, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless his heart. Um, so what have been, I mean, what have been some of the triumphs then in the process of Wizard with a Gun? Oh, man, there's there's a lot of stuff I love about the game. It is, it's a weird game. I like <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm excited to have the world play it soon because they, yeah. they'll they'll agree. Uh, but I think it's a weird game where a lot of the pieces do fit together really nicely now. And there's a lot to love about the game. Uh, the art and the art direction is incredible. Mm. Uh, the music and sound have have had a lot of love put into them. Uh, the mechanics, while weird, uh, I think produce an addicting kind of loop of go out into the overworld, gather stuff, like fill your shopping cart at the end of the world to bring it back mm-hmm. to your tower, your wizard tower. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people who have played the demo and the beta and have really uh, mm-hmm. latched on to the loop and just definitely have the kind of one more run vibe to them. Do you... And this just this just connected in the conversation we're having here. But when you described the loop right there, that also reminded me of the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. It's that's what we took <laughs> out of go it. Go out into the end of the world, <laughs> do your shopping, come back to your tower and hide out, and then like wait for the world to reboot for the next end of the world. Yeah, I would say what makes a galvanic a true galvanic game is that it takes place in some regard at the end of the world. Like, I think that's, that's my major zeitgeist. Like that's, that's what I bring to game development. Uh, Rapture Rejects yeah. fit in it. Uh, some distant memory takes place a couple hundred years after the apocalypse. You're, you're an archeologist exploring the ruins of a house from our time, uh, trying to, oh, to put things together. And Wizard with a Gun takes place in this dying magical world. Some sort of magical catastrophe has broken the world apart multiple times. You are on these floating islands, um, and chaos is coming out of portals and tearing apart these remnants of the world. And so when you go back to the wizard tower, there's a machine that can roll back time just to before when the world starts dying again. Yes, I would like that machine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take us take us that back. Would be a useful machine. Take us back to 2016. Uh, uh, uh maybe further. Um <laughs> But I think, uh, like what I what I talked about of the feeling of the pandemic, building games at the end of the world. I think that is the general vibe I've had for a while. Of like, mm-hmm. what what do you do as someone who who's putting together the pieces of a broken world? And so, when you're creating art, I think you sample a lot from your general philosophy and feeling of life. And so that's why galvanic games are, I guess our our motto could be building games for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I keep forgetting that I need to play some distant memory because just you did. I, I knew that it was one you guys did. I knew that it was um, more emotional uh, and I wanted to play. It. And then hearing you describe it just then, like the archaeologist going through a house, that just sounds deep. Yeah, that was fun to work on. I was I was once again the creative director. I did a fair amount of the writing, especially the high level writing for that game. Uh, but then I brought in uh, Sean Gibbons to do a lot of the the finishing work for that. So he did a lot of the the dialogue and the um, the lore that you find throughout the game, and he did a great job on it. Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna edit out any of these very long. Pauses. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just except for to... when you explain the pauses, then you have to leave them. Then in. I have to leave yeah. that in. Yeah. Just. <laughs> are there aspects of Wizard with a Gun that you are really excited for people to get their hands on? I mean, you've already had we've already had beta tests, we've already had uh, demos, and the demos have gone over like gangbusters. But maybe. Maybe I'll rephrase the question. What things have people really grabbed onto that, that have excited them, that it excites you, that it excites them? It's a very straightforward question. Yeah, and I can, I can absolutely speak to this because <laughs> uh, there's four different archetypes in the game. There's the sorcerer, which is all about fire and lightning and destruction. There's the alchemist, which is all about frost and physics and shattering things. Um, 
There's the Warlock, which is all about poison and fear and disease. And then there's the Magus, which is all about uh, charming and healing and repairing the world. Uh, when I when I first li- laid out these four archetypes four years ago, there were people on the team that are like, "That's insane! It's like you're building four games in one. Like, how are you? How are we going to build all this content?" Uh, and I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> it is a lot." But I think uh, I was thinking along the lines of what would excite a player. Like, what kind of wizard do you want to be in Wizard with a Gun? Mm. And so a lot of work has gone into creating these different. Uh, spell schools and these different archetypes, making sure the mechanics work together. And in watching people play the beta and the demo, it's definitely what people latched onto. They were really excited about building out fire spells or lightning spells or um, going as far as they could with charming creatures and healing them to keep them alive and letting the creatures fight for them. Uh, or like freezing and shattering things. I, there's this bullet that summons stone boulders and internally... Uh, a lot of people are like, this, this spell is useless. <laughs> but then in the beta, people, <laughs> the the players loved it. They're like, these, these, this, these boulder spells are overpowered. You can create rocks that you can push around and they block enemy attacks. Like, uh, And there was just a lot of exciting like uh, experimentation with them and trying to figure out um, what what they can do with them. I, I still they think they need to be buffed. And I think after the end of the beta, people are like, actually, these spells, we, we do need to buff these. Um, but like stuff like that, like just the um, experimentation, people figuring out what are overpowered combinations, um, like adding different powders and uh, figuring out which guns work best with which spells is, is the most exciting part of Wizard with a Gun. Could you talk a little bit about, because we haven't really talked about like the customization of the bullets and the spells and how you put that together. Could you just share like how that works? I mean, there's, there's just so much there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it took, actually, the majority of the four years was spent honing in on that. Uh, it's, our spell system has gone through seven major iterations. Uh, and what we landed on was this concept of bullets and powders. So every round that you slot in your gun has a bullet and a powder. The bullet is the the verb of the spell. It's the fire bullet or the uh, the cold bullet or the freezing bullet uh, or the boulder bullet. Uh, but then the powder is what modifies the spell. So you can add things like homing or pass through so that your boulder bullets pass through enemies and then are, get summoned on the other side of them. Uh, there's things that increase their potency, the speed of the bullet. Uh, it's, it's really, most of the customization of the game comes from the powders and how they influence, uh, the bullets. Yeah. It's, it's really cool making, just finding what works, experimenting with it. Cause it's a big system with a lot of variables that you, the player get to play with. Absolutely. Kind of figure out what works for you. Are there other spells in the game that, that y'all have thought of as fairly useless or kind of vestigial or things, but that you keep in there? That and then hopefully people find other ways to use them. Yeah, uh, there's one spell that I know that we're going to rework after launch, but it's uh, shoot, what is it called? Toxic Breath. So po- the Poison School, the war- the Warlock's Poison School, works like a um, uh, a combo system. You you add doses of poison to your enemies, and then there are mm-hmm. finishing moves uh, that convert those poison uh doses into actions so like you can mm-hmm. uh, with a delirium bullet you can convert the poison doses into stun with the uh sepsis bullet you can convert the poison doses into pure damage and it's super powerful but toxic breath was a very early concept and you convert poison doses into poisonous gas around that enemy um mm which then reapplies poison doses. So it's kind of like, and it's in a giant AOE. So it's, the idea was that you take one person's poison and spread it to the overworld. Uh, but in the end, it's it's not quite as functional as I, I'd like it to be. Like the idea was fun. Uh, yeah. The idea basically that you you give some, in, some poor enemy like halitosis, like just make them mm-hmm. just uh, <laughs> breathe toxic waste around them. So instead, it will likely become an opener. So like you, you have this toxic breath bullet that uh, immediately spreads poison in the beginning, and that's a way to ramp up very quickly into the mm. into the finisher. 
I just love hearing things like sepsis bullets. <laughs> <laughs> just was... all the different bullet types, and it's just it's just ludicrous, and I love it. Yeah, I I love that, uh, especially with the the setup that we have that there's a lot of room for us to add additional bullets in each of the spell schools. And so uh, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to the kind of bullets we'll add to the Warlock spell school uh, to do different things with poison doses. Nice. Yeah, that's fun. That's a, yeah. It's always fun to have different character types that play with like a slightly different system. Any pandemic bullets? Pandemic bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Put some pandemic bullets in there? No. <laughs> Um, yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes every enemy depressed and nobody wants to do <laughs> <laughs> How was it coming out of the pandemic for the team? Like, what did that feel like, ramping back into normal production of a game? Oh, it, it changed everything. Uh... So at this point, the team is uh, optionally remote. Like people can work from home uh, as much as they want. But a lot of the design and engineering teams do come into the office because it clears up uh, communication so uh, quickly. Uh, like yeah. just being able to turn to someone and ask them a question uh, is so much more efficient in general than Slack. Although Slack has become uh, like an, an essential tool for the company. Uh, mm-hmm. especially when, when we're in like periods of high iteration. And so in the middle of the pandemic, when, uh, everyone was vaccinated back in the office, that was when the game really got back on track was, uh, because we could just be in the same room iterating on really critical components within the game. It, it changed everything for us. Now that we're in... You're able to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now that we're in kind of the end of the main main production for the game, it's less essential. Like, people are working from home more frequently just because everyone's kind of in their lanes, like, wrapping up bugs. Yeah. Like, everyone's kind of heads down. There's not the same need for collaboration and iteration that there was in the middle of the pandemic. But absolutely, that changed a lot. The other thing that um, changed around that time was there was a huge amount of, of burnout on the team after the pandemic because you just don't have any separation between work and personal life. You just, you roll out of bed. Some people's computers was right next to their bed. You just roll out of bed right into your chair, still in your pajamas. And then you, you work inconsistent hours and like you, you stop working whatever, uh, I don't know, you decide to microwave a meal or something because it's pandemic time. Uh, yeah. And so that kind of uh, just like lack of boundaries makes uh, makes for really easy burnout. And so one thing I mm-hmm. did was I moved the team two years ago to four-day work weeks. Uh, so we work Mondays through Thursdays, and it has made an absolutely massive difference. Like within one month, the burnout vanished almost entirely. Uh, people's productivity rose. Like per day, productivity yeah. was just massive. Uh, and it's something we stuck with, uh, because it just like, in terms of the number of tickets that go through, um, from the engineers and the designers and artists, like the number has not changed Mm -hmm. from five to four days. Uh, and people's lives are just so much better, uh, (laughs) because they work four days of the week instead of five. I think the problem with the five day work week is on Fridays, people kind of like run out of energy anyway. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. it's a half day from a productivity point of view anyway. And like mm-hmm. people, because like with five days, you have five days, like your overall, like you take longer breaks, you like relax a little bit more, like you're just not as focused. But with four days of focused yeah. work, and we've had to change our production around a little bit to like make sure that people have stuff lined up appropriately. People know what they're going to be mm-hmm. doing so that they're really effective with their time. But I, I cannot sing enough praises of four-day work weeks. And when I talk to other game studios and other uh, directors of their, their teams, everyone's just like, no, we couldn't do that. And it's, I was like, well, I'm going to steal your best people then because we do it and we do it well. <laughs> like, uh, it's, a, it's a huge competitive advantage for us uh, because when I'm interviewing an engineer, I can be like, you work Monday through Thursday. We don't crunch. Uh, we have really good processes around testing and uh, 
PRs. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's an absolute co- competitive advantage for Galvanic. How many how many folks are at Galvanic? Ish. Uh, yeah, uh, so we have 14 full-time people mostly in Seattle, uh, but we're working yeah. with a bunch of freelancers on Wizard with a Gun. So about there's about 20 people working on Wizard with a Gun right now. Okay. How what has it been like for you going from working at, you know, making money to steal making games to steal money from old people on Facebook to being, you know, the president of a company of, you know, 14 full-time people like how did you how did that? Oh, yeah, when when we started it was four of us in a garage in yeah. Soto uh by a, an Irish pub and a strip club. Um mm. and so it was very humble back then. Uh and it was it was slow growth. Uh, our first employee uh, we hired three or four years after starting, and so even that was like we we had plenty of time to kind of grow into uh, ourselves as a company. I I would say it's been both a challenging experience. Like uh, people say that running a company, you you get your highest highs and your lowest lows, and I have definitely had both. Uh, I think after like surviving through major challenges and setbacks, you start to get more of an even keel. Um, Like I I feel pretty placid all the time. Like it's hard to, it's hard to create waves, (laughs) emotional waves in me. Like we launched the, the month we launched uh, Rapture Rejects. um, My father passed away at the beginning of the month. And then I had, an appendectomy like two weeks before launch and so like and then we launched and because it was a a premium battle royale it did not do well so like after that point i was just like ah guys we can we can survive anything like if we want to (laughs) like (laughs) i've already had the worst (laughs) yeah like no month is as bad as november 2018 like (laughs) devolver could come to my house and set it on fire and i'd be like this is not even (laughs) the second worst month of galvanic (laughs) i mean but that attitude is probably important to to helping keep things moving along and 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 help uh everyone else to remain chill as well too yeah absolutely i think like if from the the top you can be like guys we'll make it then if if you're not running around like everything's on fire, then everyone else can be like, oh, nothing's on fire right now. Yeah. And then you just calmly go and put out the fire. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think that's critical. Uh, I think when you start a company, like if when you're starting your first company, you have very little idea of what's actually going on. Uh, everyone kind of fakes it until they make it. Because uh, like, and that was a, a common thought when we started Galvanic was like, we're just four people in a warehouse. How do we know what we're doing? And the, the general idea was like that I had, the general philosophy that I had was no one knows what they're doing. We just do our best. Uh, like you, you do your, your best with researching and uh, talking to other people who have survived for a long period of time. And and after that, you, you kind of get an idea of how to keep things going. Pretend to be competent. Yeah. <laughs> Secret to success. Yeah, exactly. hmm. <laughs> All right. I'll try to pretend to be competent. How did you get involved with Devolver? Uh, so uh, when I was pitching Wizard with a Gun, I pitched it to 50 different people. Um, a lot. And I actually, I did it in three tiers. And I, I started with the people who I thought were least likely to um, uh, to sign Wizard with a Gun. And then I went towards yeah. most likely. And so actually Devolver was the 50th uh, publisher I reached out to because they were the ones I wanted to work with the most. And by the time I, I came to Devolver, I had, because I had pitched it so many people, uh, I had like a hundred some pages of documentation, like any question that Nigel could have asked me, I could have answered because I had like uh, forecasts and I had business plans and I had design documents and I had DLC documentation, like everything I had been asked by every other publisher was already done. And so like uh, it was, 
I was ready. I was ready to talk to you all. Nice. Uh, save the best for last. Uh, yeah. How is, I mean, on a scale of 10 to 10, how has it been working with Devolver? Uh, easy, an easy 10. Like, nice. Uh, I mean, I'm biased because I'm working with you already, but like the general philosophy or that, that I hear from people in the, in the industry is like, if you're going to work with a publisher, work with Devolver, otherwise just do it yourself. Uh, and I absolutely feel that like I've worked with a different publisher on each one of our games and, uh, Devolver is by far my favorite. I would happily make nice. a number of any number of games with you all. Yeah. Hell yeah. With, without talking shit about them, what are the positive things that Devolver has done that the folks at Devolver have done that have made it a good experience? Uh, the, one of the biggest is uh, our trailers. Uh, we um, we worked with one of Devolver's common uh, partners, CRCR and Wiz, on the Wizard with a Gun animated trailers. And those uh, really put Wizard with a Gun on the map. Uh, so many people loved those, those first trailers, like our E3 reveal trailer uh, that... Yeah we from the very beginning had a, a massive audience of people that were excited about and interested in the game uh beyond that just every service that devolver provides is is top tier like localization testing uh console support like uh we've worked like i said with a lot of publishers and none of them have come close to the level of efficiency and um just value that devolver adds to this process hot diggity damn you put that put that on a billboard put that put that on a billboard and smoke it that's right patrick you just won yourself 13 free puppies uh that's great to hear i'm glad it's uh it's nice getting to work with y'all it's also cool like having somebody in seattle so we can go visit and be like hi yeah, just because our office is always open. What's the worst thing about working with Devolver? Uh, having to do the podcast. Yeah, podcasts. <laughs> Godforsaken <laughs> podcast. Podcast. <laughs> uh, I, Brutal. I don't. I haven't had any downsides. Uh, Fine. We are, not, we are not pointing a gun to his yeah, no, listeners I... at all. <laughs> We're all very far apart. Yeah. He's just afraid of losing out on some of his puppies. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. You, can't, puppy prizes away. you can't take those puppies away from me. We're down to ten, man. Down to ten. <laughs> I mean, if you got 14 full-time people, you can give 13 puppies to people. Exactly. And let one employee know that, that they yeah. haven't been holding up their end of the puppy. It, it'll be me. I'll be the one without the puppy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sacrifice. Um, I mean, feel free to say nothing, like that the answer is nothing. But as as the release of Wizard with a Gun approaches, as, you know, you know, what follows with Wizard with a Gun uh, goes on, you know, um, are there thoughts of, I mean, Galvanic started with the intention of Wizard with a Gun. Mm -hmm. uh, so has there been any thought to kind of a, a where do we go from here? Or are you still very much savoring what you've got right now? Oh, we have lots of post-launch content for Wizard with a Gun. Uh, so no one's going to be starving for fun stuff after Wizard with a Gun comes out. But oh, absolutely. We have games, big games that we'd like to work on after Wizard with a Gun. So... I'm not going to pitch him to you live, but no, 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 no. Uh, but um, yeah, it, I, guess... I would say for our next game, Devolver won't be our 50th person we come to. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll come. We'll come to you first and not because. Uh, so wait, that means that yeah. we're the one you want the least. No, no. <laughs> it's because like at this point, you already That's know terrible. us. You already know us. You know what we can, we're capable of. of. I don't want to, if I'm lucky, I'll pitch just a Devolver and I won't have to pitch to 49 other people. So like, I, right. I'm hoping to conserve energy this time. Like, <laughs> I'm old. I'm getting some gray. 
So yeah. <laughs> seven years get becoming a wizard. Yeah, exactly. But I guess I don't know any, of any other companies like really off the top of my head that were founded with the intention of a particular game. Like any other indie developers who've done this, like founded with the intention of a particular project and then did other projects, you know, kind of along the way to build up to it. And I think that's a pretty fascinating um, path just because, yeah, I mean, most most developers, you know, start, they get together and they work on a game and they put that game out and they work on a game and they put that game out. And it's always, or it seems to always be the next game is the game that the company is about. Uh, not to say that you weren't dedicated to the games you were doing, but they were, they were part of the path yeah, absolutely. to the game that you created the, or, you know, had wanted to make from the start. So that's, I don't know, that seems like a fairly unique journey. Yeah, my, um, one of my central philosophies for Galvanic has always been not only uh, iteration, but sustainability. And so hmm. uh, to me, iterate, iterating on a bunch of other games before tackling something huge and risky was a path towards sustainability. It gave us the highest hmm. chance of success. Uh, and we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully that pays off for us. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully it does very soon. Um, your answers are all very clean and succinct and they don't eat up a lot of time, Pat. Uh, sorry. That is my, that's my, <laughs> no, it's my placid nature. My even keel <laughs> straight, <laughs> straight to the point. Yeah, no, it's great been really good listening to you talk about the game it's it's really cool and just the company and hearing about like the path of galvanic is there twitch integration there is there is we're gonna have a bunch of fun features for twitch streamers who play wizard with a gun i can't man now i'm gonna like sell something that isn't actually going to be in there because i have poor memory but i i'm pretty sure that while you're watching you can vote on a uh a creature that you want your name to appear over and so, okay. and so then the streamer can decide whether to charm or kill the creature that's named after you, you loyal, nice. you loyal watcher. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, if that is in the game, that's cool. And if it's not, I'm sure whatever's in there is also cool. That's great. Yeah. People love being tamed or murdered <laughs> by their, their, their favorites. <laughs> Jared, do you have any questions? I'm trying to think of any, but no, it's been really informative. And yeah. Yeah, I just... <laughs> Patrick, is there anything you would like to share with our massive podcast audience? Oh, I, I hope that you all get a chance to check out Wizard with a Gun. Uh, I hope you all craft some incredible spells and come share them on our Discord. Uh, we have a very active uh, Discord where every Friday I share Wizard Tea Time, which is usually a bit of lore or screenshots from the game. Uh, it's something I've been doing for two years, and I uh, oh, I plan nice. I plan on continuing it after the game comes out. But it's um, a fun opportunity to to talk with the community to gauge what they're excited about because that really informs uh, what we work on next and what what we add to yeah. the game. And so for for years there's been this kind of open dialogue between the the diehard wizards and and me and some of our other team members uh, and I yeah I absolutely look forward to keeping it up although our discord has grown massively it used to only be like a thousand to two thousand people and now there's eight thousand people and I think by the time the game launches there'll probably be about ten thousand people on it so it is very active uh, it's hard for me to keep up with everyone's uh, ideas and, and comments, but we do a, a good job, I think, of uh, filtering out the best. Nice. What is that? Is it discord.gg slash oh, wizard with a gun? Uh, it's the Galvanic Games Discord. Okay. Discord.gg slash Galvanic? Let me look it up. You can, you can get to it from our uh, Twitter account. At Galvanic? At Galvanic <laughs> Games. Oh, at Galvanic Games. Do we have links to it on ours too, Jam? Oh, we do. I think yeah. we do, yeah. Where is ours, Jared? It's at Devolver Digital, of course. <laughs> Discord.gg slash Devolver Digital. That's right. 
also Twitter at Devolver oh, Digital. <laughs> that's right. A spontaneous doing of the thing. I was just so organic and just <laughs> that was so smooth. Well, sweet. That's great. Yeah, people should join the community, and then they'll talk to Modkick. Everyone <laughs> talks to Modkick. Yeah, Modkick is very active. Now the most popular employee at Devolver Digital. <laughs> is that known true? By thousands. I mean, I, I assume knows thousands of people in the discords. All the everybody, everybody in the Discord knows who Modkick is in all the discords. That's His cool. power is, is tremendous. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining us, Patrick, and, and talking about the game. We're excited to to have it launch in the near, and uh, maybe we'll get you and a couple other members of the team on a little after launch to talk about the, you know, how it's gone and how it's going. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have a, a public post-mortem where you yeah. get to really see some tears going. We can put... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Everybody hates the boulders. <laughs> We tried to buff them. We ruined the boulders. Uh, well, sweet. Thanks for being here uh, and telling us about it. And thanks for listening, everybody. Bye -bye. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> no, thank, thank you, you, Jared. Thank most you. of all, <laughs> thank you. Bye. <laughs> Oh, did you?